in a world few have dared to explore. Two men set out on an epic journey to answer life's manliest questions. From the Fortress of Smoothitude in Lawrence, Kansas, it's The Gentleman Podcast with Glenn Stansberry and Brian McKinney. Welcome to the Gentleman Podcast. I'm Brian McKinney. I'm sitting to the left of the luxurious Glenn Stansberry. <laughs> Isn't my beard? Yeah. <laughs> you can get lost in that beard. <laughs> I have. And food has as well. <laughs> Some crumbs in there. Dinner, I'm sure. Well, it's a good uh, rainy day meal. <laughs> Just get a fork out and start <laughs> spooning it in. Gross. Speaking of spooning it in, Glenn, yeah. uh, we are co-founders of a site called Gentleman.com. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we're just uh, we're just spooning in the manliness. <laughs> you know, just just taking it in. This you know? Bad uh, on so many levels here. Well, yeah. And uh, that sometimes lots of levels of bad is good glenn that's true and that's like no what, true what that's wherever that's like what gentleman.com is that's right it's, it's many levels mm. of but, of items but never bad never bad always it's wonderful. mostly good mostly mostly good i'd say 99.9 mostly good sometimes great oh see sorry i i, I didn't see that you coming. stumbled there yeah um well but anyway glenn it's a great site for manly content yes all kinds of manly content Check it out. Uh, tons of great links. Awesome contributors to the site. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a great community of people that tre- contribute stuff every day. Um, and they're respectful, Brian. They are respectful. They're a polite, respectful crew. They are. Um, that's probably the most rewarding. Yeah. It's the respectful air in the community. That's right. That's people right. can voice their opinion. Unless you step out of line. Right. Anyway, Glenn. Yeah. If the listeners want to get crazy, they can uh, send a... Letter to us. Self-addressed. Self-addressed letter to us. Uh, at the Gentleman Podcast, you can send a letter to P.O. Box 442305, Lawrence, Kansas, 66044. Uh, we will get the letter. We will put it up on the Hall of Fame. The Gentleman Hall of Fame. <laughs> uh, it's it's the Hall slash Wall of Fame. Okay. So the correct, correct oh, way to pronounce okay. Remember? Because the Man. correct way to pronounce Yeah, we did it, this last time. Yeah, we, yep. the correct way to pronounce that is the Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame, yes. Um, the Gentleman Hall of Fame. And uh, we'll post <laughs> your letter up there on the Gentleman Hall of Fame. And then uh, we will answer. We'll talk about your letter, and we'll answer it. And we're going to talk about letters later on in the podcast. But uh, we'll you, if, good ones. if you want to, if you want to contribute to the podcast, send us a letter. You can also send us an email, though we don't advise it. Nah, because you're kind of sidestepping the American government. There, this this episode is all about America. It is. It is. Well said, it's, it's Brian. A, it's a very themed episode about America. And uh, you'd be you'd be sidestepping the U.S. Postal Service, the United States Postal Service. There's the, there's apple pie, mm-hmm. right? And then there's the U.S. Postal Service. That's right. And if you send an email, you're thumbing your nose at them, right? You're thumbing your nose at America. Would you thumb your nose at a piece of grandma's apple pie? No, no, you would not. No, and and therefore you should send a letter to PO Box four four two three zero five Lawrence Kansas six six zero four four. But if you cannot, if you must not, if you're if you are anti-government, maybe you're up in the hills. You know, like listening to gentleman podcast is the only the only way that you have to connect with civilization, which is a smart move. Yeah, it if is. You, if you had to choose one, right, you made the right call, right. But so yeah, so maybe that's the only way you can connect. Mm-hmm. And 
then you you don't want you don't want to go to the U.S. Postal Service to send your your letter to the Gentleman Podcast. So one way you could do that mm. send an email howdy at gentleman dot com. Yep. Another way is you could sign up for a Twitter account. <laughs> so you don't want to stay off the grid. Okay, stay off the grid. <laughs> but- sign up for a Twitter account and then at replies with yeah. your question. Or Facebook. Or Facebook. Either way. Either way, you're off the grid still. Both great privacy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> privacy options. Your data is safe there. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. Uh, anyway, Glenn, let's, let's, let's move along because I'm just, I'm just waiting in a, in a pond of never, never like, right now. Really? Yeah. I was going to say a pond of anticipation. Well, there you go. Could um, be either way. It depends on, on, what, on what your uh, viewpoint <laughs> on life is. That's right. Uh, Glenn, all right. Well, let's see. Uh, move on to the... Uh, Drink of the week. Drink of the week. Oh man, Glenn, uh, your job. Mm-hmm. There was one job that you had, Glenn. Right. And that was to go to the store. Yeah. And pick up the Deschutes IPA that we talked about. We did for the drink of the week. Yeah. So I, you're right, Brian. I had one job, <clears throat> and I didn't do it. And here's why. Mm-hmm. I go to the liquor store. Right. Mm-hmm. Big. Beautiful liquor store in our, in our town here, lovely Lawrence Campus. Expansive. It's huge. Yeah. Walk in. Well, it's huge for the size of town we have. Right. Walk three in. Three aisles. Three. <laughs> right. And aisle two. I went to aisle two. <laughs> now I walk in, go to the Deschutes section. All right. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right, there's a stout, there's a porter, there's a, there's the white IPA, there's the, the and, you know, go through, blah, 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 right. blah, and get to the row for the, for the, for the IPA I wanted to pick. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, it was gone. I said, oh, well, that's not a problem. I'll go ask the gents at the cash register. And I go up and talk to the guy, and he says, oh, yeah, we just ran out. In fact, it's really weird. We never run out. <laughs> right. And, but, but you know, it's like... Was he like, wait a minute. Are you guys recording a podcast tonight? <laughs> <laughs> no, but he was like, but don't worry. We'll have some tomorrow. Right. It's like, well, great. <laughs> so what did I do? What would any level-headed, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, beer enthusiast do? Yeah. You go back to the well, and you get a different Deschutes. There you go. Because, Brian, the way I see it is, ever since we had that Jubilee, right? Mm -hmm. We took a chance on this little brewery called Deschutes. Right. And it it, it won our hearts. It won our hearts. Now, it's like in football, okay? Old school football, right? You you, you call a play, Mm -hmm. you run it, and you get five yards, seven yards... What are you going to do? You're going to keep running that play exactly. the other team can until stop, stop it. it. Right. So we're going to keep running this Deschutes play. That's right? right. Over and over and over again. Until, until, until we're stopped. Stop it. Yeah. All right? Okay. So today we have the lovely Obsidian Stout mm-hmm. from Deschutes Brewery, who we've talked about many times before. Um, is there anything... I see you've got the website pulled up. Is I do. Anything yeah. of note that we want to know about this particular blend? There are a few things about this blend. First of all, let's let's give it the stats. Okay. okay. Uh, what was the price on the... $8.99. $8.99. $8.99. We got alcohol, 6.4%. Okay. Uh, 55 IBUs. So right... Right on the cusp the, there. Right that's, on the cusp, right. It's going to be kind of biting. Although, yeah. uh, I will say Deschutes is really known yeah. amongst our circles, that is you and me. Us, yeah. Uh, for having high IBU yet smooth content. So Yeah. Uh, and this this beer, I just wanna uh, uh, look uh, this is just off the top of my head. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna try to the, to describe what I think it's gonna You're taste looking like. at the bottle right now and I am yeah the I'm glass. thinking I'm looked at it and I think, you know, this beer to me seems like it's a deep, robust and richly rewarding beer. Mm. This is yeah. this is a beer to linger over, Glenn. Oh, Obsidian has distinct notes of espresso, chocolate, roasted malt, and black barley. Wow! With just enough hop bite to cut the sweetness. 
Ooh, that's what I that's what I think it's gonna that's what I think it's gonna taste like. Okay, I, I'm not really sure. That <laughs> I was hope just, you're right. That was just off the top of my head. I, I don't know. Um, I will say though that Glenn, uh, this this I love. I, I love we talked about how I love the Shoots Brewery and I love their website because they don't they don't like pick out a couple awards that they've won. Yeah, <laughs> they've got eight pages of awards for this beer alone. Eight pages. Wow. <laughs> I'm on page one of eight for their uh, their. Best Stout or Porter 2014 International Beer Challenge, the America's Best Stout 2014 World Beer Awards, uh, Australian Beer Awards. It goes on and on. Eight pages of awards for this beer, and you know they've got they've got recipes to go along with it. They've oh. got the recipe for your craft brewer to make a a copy of this beer, and they've got great pairings. What, what is the pairing Food for pairings? This, beer? This, this is this is my favorite. Okay, so this the. A good pairing for this mm-hmm. is Venetian chili. V- Venetian chili, like Italy? I don't know. Venetian, Venetian chili? Uh, I, I'm not sure. Uh, Venetian stew is another good one. Okay, so go uh, to Italy. Oh, obs- oh, obsidian stout apple pie is another recipe they provide. Oh wow! Oh, so they provide recipes to make yeah, food this is, with this. This Venetian stew oh. is a, a recipe. Oh, venison! Venison! Oh. Sh- <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Okay. Venetian. I, you know. <laughs> yeah. Same thing. Venison. What is yes. venison, Glenn? I, I don't I'm, I'm uh, not familiar. That'd be dear me. Oh, wow. Okay. No, I feel like an ass. Well, no, um, that's fine. It's like Venetian, man. Venetian. Like the blinds? I saw like it, the... and I was like, wow. Really got an international flavor to this. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, actually, that makes a lot of sense, because a lot of times, dear me, it's real gamey. Mm-hmm. So if you've got something that kind of like, kind of... It's a powerful, it's powerful tasting, uh, so gotcha. deer can be, so, you know, it's another powerful thing to kind of offset it. I see. I, I could see that. Well, so they provide like 12 recipes, and mm-hmm. venison stew is mm-hmm. one of them, obsidian stout apple pie, mm. Valentine's Day obsidian stout chocolate love cakes is another one. Is I mean... What's not to like about People this brewery? People listening right now, how, yeah. how do you? How have you not like jumped into your car at, while we're talking about this? Mm-hmm. Presumably, you're listening to this on a smartphone. Porter or something. Porter ice cream sandwich. What? Okay, but I mean, I mean, I, I just want to go back to the store and buy like more. more. I, I, mm-hmm. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. okay, Glenn. Well, we enough we've, of that. We've hyped it up. We, we gotta talk, we gotta talk turkey now. We do. We gotta talk <laughs> venison. We're gonna talk venison. We're gonna talk, talk some Venetian. more about Ven- Venetian. Venetian. Venetian stew. Venetian stew. All right. So a lot of a lot of beer awards on this one. I'm I'm mm-hmm. looking. I, I don't want to, you know, set any false. Yeah, it's kind of it's here. one of those things where you. It's almost like a oh. a movie that somebody says is really great before you go watch it. Yeah, but smell that man. That. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. all right. Cheers, Brian. Cheers. Yeah, that's good. It's got a good. I like the. I actually like the hoppiness of it. It's got a good bite to it. Nice and crisp. Oh man, that mm-hmm. is good. Not too sweet. Not too. Not too bitey. Not no. too. It's also got like a like a like a earthy kind of feel to it. Mm-hmm. Like a dark. Uh, I, you know, it actually all the things that they said they just. You know, oftentimes the beer descriptions will be like with hints of truffle butter and yeah and sawdust. Right. You know, like what? Who? Would, but this actually tastes like. What they say it will. Mm-hmm. Man, are we just drinking the Kool Aid or what? Um. Mm. So yeah, man, it definitely. T- yeah, it does kind of. It does match that description that I 
that and I can't... it's still light. Mm-hmm. It's not like heavy, right? Oh man, Brian, this is a solid, solid beer. Can't go wrong with the Shoots Brewery, man. Apparently not. Uh, I'm going to Oregon for my brother's wedding in this summer, and I am. It's a two-hour drive to Ben oh. from Eugene. Not a problem. I'll, I'll hitchhike. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's going to be like uh, Willy Wonka. Yeah. The Chocolate Factory. You know. <laughs> the everlasting beer stopper. Well, the, you'll like you'll have that stuff that you uh, you drink and it like you you fly up the into fizzy that, lifting the, the beer. fizzy lifting beer. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Brian. It's all right. So eight ninety nine. Mm-hmm. So just to, just to eight ninety nine. Really, really, the price is almost a non factor. Yeah, it really, a is, slightly tractor. Uh, yeah. So let's yeah let's let's do the uh, MTS. Uh, let's get out our our abacus here. Mm, um, I, I, I like this. I like this a lot. Um, what, what's your what's your feeling on the on your rating? Based on the MTS, of course. Let me go high eights. High eights. I was going to say 8.8 around 8. there. 8.8. Okay. Okay. I would say 8.9. Okay. So. 8.85? Well, whoa, you came up with that pretty quick. Right? I had it I had it over here on my, uh, I've got the app too. Okay. You had so, it all. Yeah, it will all work yeah, out already. Okay. So 8.85 on the MTS sorry. scale. The mustache scale. Uh, that's official. Yeah. Empirical scale for mm-hmm. beer, 8.85. Not based on your loosey-goosey, you know, beer snob ratings. No, so, no, no. Whatever you feel like. Yeah. Completely okay. off the wall, arbitrary ratings. Brian, one more thing before we before we get to the beer snob ratings, because mm-hmm. I know you you're ready to pull them up here. What the th- how many IBUs was this? Uh, Fifty five. So almost to the high end of what we're comfortable with. Yeah, it really is. And but when you're you tasting, it's it, not you even a know. factor. No, you, it's it's man. Mm. So to shoot scores, it shoots and scores again. Um, shoots and scores. So <laughs> the beer snob. <laughs> Oh, See, this course. is this is this is just. I mean, look, I hate to keep harping on this. It seems like we talk about this every week. Mm-hmm. How the beer snobs use some weird, arbitrary yep. scale, yep. and it's like totally off course. Mm-hmm. And we have the empirical scientific rating system for beer. This is kind of embarrassing. I mean, I'm kind of embarrassed to say what their rating is because it's so far off. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like, I could. Re- uh, well, first of all, the beer av- the beer. Sorry. The beer snob rating um, <laughs> was ninety four. I could I could see this going up to a ninety four. You don't think so, Glenn? This is an awesome beer. We've scientifically proven that right. the right measurement I'm is eight point eight five. I know that they're a little slower. I know right. that they're not quite you know there. I could see where they would be. All right, you know, ninety four is not out of the realm of possibility. The, the bros uh, at beer the, snob. I don't. I don't even know what that means. But the bros rate it at a hundred. So. Yeah, that's just ridiculous. If, that if is you, ridiculous. If you've never been to the site, right? They have they typically have one rating, right? Mm-hmm. The, the, the beer advocate rating, and then they have an even weirder, arbitrary. You don't even know what it means. The bros, the bros, rated as right. blah blah blah. So who are the bros? We I don't, don't know. know. It doesn't say. We don't care. I'm almost willing to throw out that number. Yeah. Well, the bros are wrong. They usually are. Yeah. But anyway, okay. I I'll, I'll, I won't hold it too far against them because they gave it a really high rating. So I'm like they're on the, they went the right direction. Yeah, it's not like they're on the wrong. Yeah, it's not like they're on the wrong side of history. Yeah, you know what I mean. Exactly. So you know you can't really hold that against them, Glenn. Nope. Woo. Um, okay, Man, Glenn. Starting the show right. Eight point eight five on the MTS scale. Uh, Glenn, it's been a busy week for us. It certainly has. It's been a historical week for Lawrence, Kansas. It has. Tell us about what what happened okay. in Lawrence, Kansas well, this week, Glenn. It was last week. No, it was it was, it was last Thursday. It was last, last Thursday. Thursday. <laughs> 
<laughs> it was, okay, it was last week. Anyway, at some point. At some point, uh, the President of the United States came to Lawrence and gave That's a speech. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't think too much about it, you know. But once, you know, all the... Everything that goes in with the President coming to town... Yeah. It's quite, you it's know, quite no matter, we've talked about this, but no matter which way you lean politically, mm-hmm. it's still pretty cool when the office of the president comes to town. It's true. Um, but it's pretty awesome. It was good. Yeah. You know, I heard that he stayed at the Holiday Inn. He did. And this, the funny thing is, is that it's the worst hotel in Lawrence Park. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, but they put in like these concrete blocks, like cinder blocks. They brought in cinder blocks and like blocked off exits. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. It was, uh, it was legit. Wow. Yeah, I, I'd be curious as to what all the logistics you have to go through to house the president in a hotel. Man. But yeah, it was crazy. Um, all the all the protesters that came. Mm. I mean, just out of the woodwork, you know. I'm sure three mm-hmm. state area they came. Right. Um, but yeah, it was nuts. Mm. It, was a, it was really really cool. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. There's a lot of hubbub around. I mean, Lawrence is a town of like eighty thousand people. So mm-hmm. president comes to town. There's a lot of. Mm-hmm. It's a big to do about it. Mm-hmm. So. Um, Gave a speech without the hitch, no uh, no catastrophes or anything like that. So that's good. Yeah, nothing nothing burned down. Nothing was mm-hmm. you know. No, the only I mean the only thing that I realized was like the week before he came, before I really knew he was going to come here, mm-hmm. uh, there was a helicopter flying up and down yeah. my street basically, and I was yeah. like, what the? I've never seen <laughs> a helicopter that looks like that flying around. I wonder what the heck's going on. Recon. And, uh, yeah, I guess they were just doing their due diligence on making sure, sure they could get the heck out of town if they needed to. So. Uh, where's the McKinney Manor? That's right. Point yeah. it out to me. Okay. Yeah, okay, it. yeah. And we'll circle that Ten right four. there. Yep. <laughs> to, we'll report uh, back to the post. Gentlemen Podcast Headquarters. <laughs> okay. I think it's something I think it, something changes when, you know, you see the president making a speech, you know, in Washington or, in, yeah. you know, overseas or right. in Chicago or, you know, right. all these big cities. When, they, when the president comes to your town, I think, I think a lot of that, you know... What's what I'm looking for? It's more personal, mm-hmm. I guess, you know, and so it's not yeah, not quite a faceless right. entity kind of thing. You know Somebody, what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. Anyway, not to belabor the point, but... It helps when you are in Lawrence and you meet with the basketball team and get a Jayhawk jersey. Yeah. Well, you know what? And I, then crack some Jayhawk basketball jokes. Jo- Whoa, well, no jokes. It was... I mean, it was at everybody else's expense if you right. were a Jayhawk. So... Right. Yeah, you know, he, he warmed the crowd up the right mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. I would say he, you know. He knew who he was talking to. That's right. That's right. Okay, Glenn. Well, so it was a busy week, but we're we're back on the podcast. We yeah. are. We, you know, we, we've done our job. You know, we've mm-hmm. keeping in contact with the president. That's and, right. Uh, making sure. I'm surprised we didn't get contacted for a sit-down interview on the podcast. Uh, you know. We could have done a special segment for him. He was probably like, well, I know they don't record the podcast until, like, you, know. you guys, you guys, it's not Tuesday. Right. We can't, I mean, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> right. They're not recording tonight. Yeah. Um, well, you know, he, he was busy. I'm sure he had other stuff to do. But, you know, he did a Reddit AMA. I figure, like, he could do a gentleman, gentleman you know, you podcast know. interview. I don't sure. know. Well, we'll talk to him about it. I'm sure he'll be back in town. So we'll, we'll talk to him about it for next time. Next time. Next time. I think the last time a sitting president came to Lawrence was like 111 years ago. Yeah. So. 1919. Yeah. I believe was the year. Oh, so it was almost a hundred years. I think ago. it was like Taft or something. Yeah, like I don't know. He also went. Uh, he also went to Baldwin, which is just south of my yeah, hometown. So that's nice. They had to build a bridge for him over this little because mm. the old one. He was kind of a portly fellow, and they didn't want him yeah. like fall in. That Seriously, would be embarrassing. This is, it's a Taft bridge. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Well, that's neither here nor there. History lessons. But what is here and there is some interesting postgerman dot com in the last week or so. That's right, and we're going to start it off right with. Um, 
a guy who I don't know if we've brought up before on the Gentleman Podcast. So. I don't think we talked about this guy. Uh, this member, his name is Jason J. Lamb. And Jason has posted an interesting article. Caught my eye. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's titled Subways Dumped in the Ocean. Uh, and I'm sorry. It's on a site. I'm not so sure about the site. It's yeah. called This Is Fly Daily. Uh, Catchy name. Sure. Um, uh, but, you know, but, but it's not about the day, Brian. It's yeah. about the content, right? We're right. all about the content. Mm-hmm. And the article talks about how the New York City subway has, for the last decade or so, when they decommission subway cars, mm-hmm. they chuck them into the Atlantic Ocean. And the reason they do this is to provide habitats for fish. Right. Um, Actually, coral. Coral, sorry. Yeah. Well, hang on. Isn't coral a... F- yeah, it's a living... I don't think coral is as classified as a fish. But. They have gills. No, okay. they don't. No, they don't. <laughs> I almost believe you there. You're right. Yeah, I tried. Uh, you're right. Uh, for coral. And so, anyway, it's just um, that the coral species... The the, the the effort to save the coral species yes. is supposed to generate $1.1 billion in... Thousands of jobs worldwide, mm-hmm. which you didn't completely understand. I don't understand that at all. It was kind either. of a non sequitur. I don't know. Yeah, but the point is, like, I didn't realize. Well, yeah, I did kind of realize that coral. It's an important food source, I guess, in the ecosystem in the ocean. Yeah, there's this whole thing about like potential species of coral and uh, medical possible medical treatments, oh, and discoveries stuff like and stuff. Yeah, oh, yeah, wow. yeah. Just, I mean, like any time, any kind of you know. Uh, Animal life goes extinct. I mean, you. It's it, a butterfly it, effect. Right. There, there's a lot of potential problems. Anyway, this is a. I thought it was a really interesting article because you think they're. It's the weirdest thing. Yeah. They're dumping subway cars in the ocean, and you right. think this is like some crazy form of pollution. Like, you know, <laughs> getting rid of an entire right. subway car in the middle of the ocean seems awful, but it's really actually very good because it provides a habitat for coral to survive so. yeah when i saw the uh when i saw the lead image at first i was like i wondered if there are people in the subway cars <laughs> yeah it's like man this this is kind of dicey let's let's find out what's going on here but yeah the article has some nice pictures uh kind of showcasing you know what's going on and a, and a great video of the lead at the top of the yeah they had a, a, a photographer followed the uh these drop-offs drops and load ups of the subway cars for two years and documented the process of them mm-hmm. returning the the subway cars to the ocean floor to provide for, for the coral. Hmm. So interesting stuff. It is an interesting thing, Glenn. It's one of the weirdest things I think I've ever thought that we would talk about on the <laughs> podcast. I never would have expected that we would talk about uh, subway cars providing a place for coral to live well that's what this podcast is supposed to do for you and i and for everyone listening it's broadening my horizons it is it's expanding our worldview and Mm -hmm. you know expanding what we think is possible it's true glenn speaking of what speaking what we think is possible Mm -hmm. uh there's this uh the next post that we're going to talk about yeah is uh this this is posted by our good friend ben espin uh there's no question that we've talked about this guy before because he posts all all kinds of great stuff on gentleman.com and we talk about him like Almost every podcast. Yeah. So he's, he's a mainstay. He's a he's, he's a mainstay. He's, yeah. He's a veteran. Yeah, exactly. You know, uh, but anyway, this is uh, this is this is a really weird headline. Uh, hippo <laughs> charge on Cho I'll say Chobe. Hippo sure. charge on Chobe River, January twenty fifteen, recorded with iPhone six, Botswana, YouTube. 
<laughs> they got right. real specific there. They, they did. You know, they, they, they laid it all out there for you. Um, and, and basically, you know, this, this is a video which it's only like 30 seconds long. Um, but it's really, it's, it's packed full of action content in 30 seconds. It's kind of like uh, Jaws. Almost. <laughs> yeah. With the hippo. Right. Uh, because you don't really know what's going on. Okay? And the water's just kind of like, there's something in the water. Is that a big fish? Is it a shark? Right. I don't know. And then all of a sudden, kapow, there's a hippo. Right. Like, full on, like, head out of, out of water. water. Yeah. yeah. Like Jaws. Like Jaws, coming after a boat. Ah. And, and yeah, uh, pretty, pretty interesting. I, didn't, I had no idea. I thought that they were so big and slow that they couldn't. They'd be like barges. Yeah, I didn't yeah. think that they could really go after a boat, but the the it's crazy the the hippo actually charges a moving boat, and the people in the boat are like, "For it, let's get the hell out of here," <laughs> you know, which yeah. I would be too because well, and and the crazy thing too is this, the starts off and the hippo is kind of like, so they kind of yeah. speed off and the hippo is kind of coming at them perpendicular, right? And the hippo changes course and they're right. trying to change course to stay away from it, but the hippo is like. <laughs> turning with the boat right. and gaining ground on the boat right. yeah. and by the time he like leaps out of the water right. but I think the most amazing point from part for me was how you don't you're not sure what's going on under the water like right. you see the shadowy thing right. and it's kind of like moving up and down mm-hmm. yeah. I, I don't know kind of like a bloated dolphin kind of movement so they don't they don't really explain what was going on here I assume that it was just uh I guess afraid or they're territorial. They're really territorial. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I yeah. I went to the San Diego Zoo about a month ago. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it was probably the second time in my life I've actually seen a hippo mm-hmm. up close. You know, mm. uh, I wasn't in the water. Cl- with it. Okay. <laughs> we it was on, on the other side of a, a glass wall. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, when you see them, when you're five or six feet away from hippo or something. Mm-hmm. Kind of a scary proposition because they are, you know, ten times your size, basically. They are, and they're really, really mean. They're one of the they're one of the um, the most dangerous predators. I didn't know that. I should say predators because I don't think they. The ones I saw were very lethargic. Yeah, they were just that. Like one of them was like sleeping on the other one, basically, <laughs> using it as a pillow. <clears throat> well, you can't judge a hippo by its pillow. That's right. That's what they always say. Um, but anyway, yeah. So I, I didn't know that, Glenn. I didn't know that they were they were such a feared animal. <laughs> uh, ben Ben Espen in his uh, description of the tack, he puts. Now imagine if you were paddling. That would be pretty terrifying. That would suck. Yeah, because you'd be chomped. I would be scared. Your boat would be in half, mm-hmm. along with you in half. <laughs> Is that what they do? do? They like bite people, or I mean, I think them. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, they're they're. I would assume they can pretty much do whatever they want. That's true. <laughs> um, but well, let's hope we never get. Uh, let's hope we're never rafting and get attacked by hippos, Glenn. All right. Well, I uh, I'm I'm with you there, Brian. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I also hope that we never have to experience. Yes, is our next attack. And right. and the thing we don't we wouldn't normally. Uh, this could almost be construed as spam. But mm-hmm. given the the high pedigree of the the gentleman member who posted it, we know yep. it's not. And in fact, it is a joke. Yes. Um, Anya Keister <clears throat> has posted a attack titled "Crochet Shorts for Men" by Craft Gossip. 
And the description, uh, before we get into it, the description on your keister says, I'm ordering mine now before the summer rush hits. They'll go great with my black socks and sandals. Can't wait to hit the beach with my metal detector. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> so, clearly, one, Ani Keister's been listening to the podcast. That's true. Yeah. Two, this is disturbing, Brian. <clears throat> so, is it a joke, really? Because it... You can buy these. Okay. So, no, it's not... It's not it's a, is it, it's a joke, maybe, or it's not really a joke? You I don't know. You can buy these from Etsy. Um, look, look, I mean, I'm at the Etsy page right now. Okay, you can buy these. They're... Okay, <laughs> but I think they so, are a joke. This is like if you if you crocheted a blanket or something like that from the seventies, <laughs> rainbow uh, patterned doilies or something like that. I, How do you describe uh, them? Th- I'm looking at the pictures now, and I'm just getting I'm just getting lost. This is this you is really, focus. This is really hard to talk about. Um, so they're so they're it's like a yeah doily. Or, it's like did a you ever like a blanket? Did you ever make anything like that, like a craft or anything like that? I don't think so. I don't think so. I had this. My grandma. We we make like these pot holders. Mm -hmm. But it looks like somebody knitted a pair of pants, basically out of yarn. Yeah, this is what it is. Except they're outrageous colors and. Yeah, it's like it's like your grandmother's pot holders that she made you when you were going to college or something. Except they're pants. Imagine putting them on one leg at a time. Right. Um, And uh, yeah, you can actually. This must be a thing. The description on the actual page is it's a vintage afghan blanket crocheted in the 1970s 80s these are one of a kind pants that can easily be worn by a man or a woman great for burning great for man. burning man <laughs> after the slopes or for morning yoga in the winter so wow. yeah one of those things i'm i i fall i don't fall in the you know i don't think we're the target demographic for these yeah my grandma actually had an like i'm pretty positive had one of these things lying on her couch mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um when I was little, yeah, uh, it looks like they repurposed it as shorts, right? So I, I, uh, it just goes to show that you can buy anything on Etsy. You really can, like anything. Have you ever seen the site Regretsy? No, <laughs> it's pretty awesome. They have uh, it's like I think it's just a Tumblr blog full of terrible, in- incredibly Etsy awful things that you can buy on uh, Etsy. But yeah, this would probably be on there. It's probably how they found it. It's yeah, it probably is. Um, Etsy is one of those sites that. Yeah. Uh, with reckless abandon, people's mm. imaginations flow free, and that's a good thing. God bless them. A lot of times, but sometimes it's a bad thing. No, you know what? You know you have a you have a great cookie. It's going to have a few nuts in it. That's true. Right? It's true. So anyway, it's true. Um, okay, Glenn. Well, uh, those are some interesting posts from gentleman.com. dot com. Very the last week or so. That was some interesting stuff. It's it certainly was. Yes. Uh, okay. Well. Uh, now it's time for uh, we're gonna talk about the gentleman toast. I- I'm movie. excited for this toast, bro. Um, when I was thinking about this toast this week, I was uh, going over my list of, of possible possible honors for the gentleman podcast. Mm-hmm. And um, you and I went to on Sunday night. We went to go see a movie, and it ignited a fire in me, Glenn. Uh, still burning, probably. It's still burning. Mm-hmm. It did, um, and this movie is a classic movie. It's timeless. It's quotable. It's wonderful. It's memorable. Memorable. It's everything that you could ever want in a feature film. Game changer. Game changer. Mm-hmm. Right. Anything you could ever imagine in a film. This is this this movie encapsulates the best of American filmmaking. We're still going on that American motif. The, the American America. Motif. Yeah. 
Uh, and this this movie is Big Trouble in Little China. Yes. And um, the guy, the brains behind this film, mm-hmm. is a little director named John Carpenter. Mm-hmm. And for being able to mastermind, not only blockbuster hits, yes, like Halloween, right. I don't know if you've heard of that movie. I think I have. Yes. Um, uh, the Thing. <laughs> Also starring... I didn't know that. Yeah. He he directed uh, The Thing. Who's, Kurt Russell as well. Yeah. Classic. I, I love The Thing. I think it's awesome. I love Halloween. <laughs> I think it's... A, they're, they're both classic films. But probably the pinnacle of his career. And I know this because afterwards it went straight downhill. <laughs> uh, was Big Trouble in Little China. And I know there's probably a lot of people out there that haven't seen this movie because... Uh, I want to say that it cost $20 million to make mm-hmm. in 1986, mm-hmm. and it grossed $11 million. Mm. So, didn't quite... Took a bath. Took a little bit of a bath. But, but it's like a slow plane investment, right? That's right. Because then it became a cult classic. That's, that's right? right. That's right. So, Overall, it's I'm, like the stock market. Overall, right. you know, you, maybe you made bad returns last year, mm-hmm. but overall... It's it's going straight up in value. That's right. Um, and so th- th- this is a great movie, Glenn, for many reasons. It's a it's a western set in modern day 1986 uh, San Francisco, starring Kurt Russell as the ultimate hero. Um, Chinatown. It's hard Francisco. to it's hard to describe this movie. I think that if you if you're not familiar with it, my best advice to you would be to go. To your local store, yep. Purchase it. Mm-hmm. Purchase two copies of it. Yeah. Keep one in a safe, <laughs> and then put the other one on your Blu-ray player. I think you say give one to a friend. Well, get buy three. three copies. Three copies. Give okay. one to your good friend. <laughs> put one immediately in your Blu-ray player. Watch it, and put the other one in a safe. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. That way you're covered. All your bases are covered. Uh, and keep a notepad out. Get a notepad right. out. <laughs> I wish because I, right. you're going to need it. You're going to want to write down all of the classic lines in the movie. This That's what the movie's all about, Glenn, is the lines, the classic lines in the movie. The dialogue is so so bad that it's good. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's one of those movies that um, you could, it, you if you study this movie, you would have something to say to everyone in every situation that you ever find yourself again. You know right. what I mean? Like, anything that happens to you, you could take a line from this movie and be like... Hit play? Yeah. It's like in Home Alone, where uh, yeah. Kevin yeah, he has keeps you playing the gangster movie, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You could use this The Big Trouble Little China. That's true. Uh, but anyway, Glenn, I just wanted to, you know, after John Carpenter did this movie... Yes. Uh, it failed at the box office, and it basically ruined his career. But he said, I love this movie. I think it's great. And... His career never recovered, but that doesn't mean that it's a bad film. Sometimes people get it wrong. Sometimes publicity isn't there for the movie. I don't know what it is. This is a great movie, Glenn, and it breaks my heart that this guy's career went out on this on this one film. I can see why this movie was a cult classic, right? Mm-hmm. When it came out, people didn't understand it. It was it was ahead of its time. It was ahead of its time. Yeah, like all great cult classic movies. Mm-hmm. You don't really know what you've got at the time. How does it stand up? 10, 15, 20. Uh, when was it made? 80? 86. It's almost 30 years later, right? And we just went and watched it in the theater. And I even thought the special effects <laughs> held up. <laughs> okay. The special effects did not hold up. Well, it was the 80s. But I know. I'm just saying, 
But nothing, you're right, nothing from that time period. The Labyrinth? I mean, come on. Yeah. Sure. Um, just about anything. Mm-hmm. You know, special effects in the 80s kind of don't work so well on a, a big screen, you know, HDTV. That's true. Smart TV. CGI world. In a CGI yeah. world. There's no green screen. That's right. So. Uh, but anyway, Glenn, this guy was able to mastermind one of the best movies of the 80s. Totally under the radar. Agreed. Underrated. And he stuck by his guns when he got criticized for it. Yes, he did. He said he loved the movie. Screw all you guys. I don't care. <laughs> I'm going back to independent cinema, and I don't care. That's right. Um, so anyway, uh, so what I have to say to John Carpenter, Glenn, as a toast, as a special toast. Yes. As a one-time only toast, maybe. Okay. Is here's to the Army and the Navy and the battles they have won. Here's to America's colors, the colors that never run. May the wings of liberty never lose a feather. That, that exact toast was used straight out of straight if, if you like E-T-L-T. that toast L-C. and you want to learn more about <clears throat> that toast mm-hmm. you could rent Big Trouble in Little China's you know what Brian I think now I mean Big Trouble in Little, <laughs> Little China Little China we should, we should probably have a link to the trailer at least oh yeah we could definitely uh, but yeah I could arrange that but yeah, Brian and, Brian and I went and saw it with uh, Brian's girlfriend, Laura, at Liberty Hall, a great mm-hmm. local movie theater, old school movie theater. Yeah. And uh, there was, uh, it was, it was late, it was like a nine, it was a nine o'clock show anyone on a Sunday yeah. night. Mm-hmm. But I about wet myself laughing like the entire movie. Yeah. It was, it was awesome. It was awesome. And it the great, great thing, the other people in the movie were getting in, I mean, in yeah. the theater were getting into it yeah. too. And it, it was great to see it on the big screen. Oh, for the first yeah. Time. Uh, that was exciting. There's an enthusiastic audience there. Uh, there was even a guy that had the exact shirt <laughs> that Jack or that that Kurt Russell wore in the movie. Yeah, the, the um, tank top with the tight jeans. Yep. And the, yeah, man, that was a great night. <laughs> great night, Glenn. Okay, so I, that 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 was the gentleman toast for this week. Well deserved, John yes. Carpenter. Yeah, um, certainly not the only uh, recognition this guy's ever gotten, but I hope that he appreciates it. I'm sure he'll hear about it. Yeah. Okay, Glenn. Hot button topic. Well, it's time for the hot button topic. Mm-hmm. And uh, Glenn, the, the Super Bowl is right around the corner. And there's a little bit. Of, there's something that's been going around. And I'm not talking about the flu. Uh, <laughs> the there's been a little controversy about the Patriots balls. That's right. Namely, the quarterbacks. The quarterbacks balls. Uh, apparently, they're a little shrunken. Yeah. Uh, deflate gate is what we're talking about, people. Mm-hmm. Now yeah. this is old news by now, but by the time you hear this, we'll, it'll be a couple of days away from the uh, the, the Super big game. Bowl itself, the big game. So mm-hmm. it's been dominating headlines ever since it happened. The NFC Championship game, <clears throat> you know the story at halftime. The Colts had intercepted a pass, one of the Patriots' balls. The story goes, you know, the equipment manager, equipment manager for the Colts, gave it to somebody, gave it to somebody who said, hmm, these. These this, balls this seem bo- kind of small. Just one. Oh, this, this, one. this ball seem kind of small. Seem a little smaller than yeah. the other ones. You know, I mean, they like things uniform in the uh, <laughs> NFL. So, um, so I guess the hot button topic is: do do does it matter? Does, does, do these do, shrunken balls? Yeah. Okay. So they, really they the were game. they were under uh, inflated by two pounds, I believe. Right. Right. So this whole thing has been going on. All right. So Tom Brady's gone on record before saying that he. Likes you know his balls a little uh, underinflated, underinflated, which is his own personal preference, right? You know, um, nothing wrong with that. But when they're really you know 
uh, under shrunken, right? Underinflated. Mm-hmm. Uh, start to wonder how big of an advantage was it for him playing in right. a, you know like a cold. I think the implication is that a uh, a, a smaller ball is easier to, easier to grip. I think so. Uh, and uh, r- rumor has it he has smaller hands. Okay, so you know so that would make sense. Uh, but he uh, he has actually gone on record saying you know I like <laughs> smaller balls. <laughs> so. I mean, I've been all these jokes have been going on for a week, and I still can't. Yeah, not I can't stop giggling. Keep it together. All right. Um, so anyway, Balgazi, Balgazi, uh, Deflate Gate, whatever you want to call it, has been. I thought the this was prevailing really, theme. I thought this is really interesting for uh, several reasons. Um, first of all, you got. I mean, I, I think the reaction to it. Mm-hmm. It's been blown up in the press. Like, I don't understand who brought it to the attention of the officials. No one really knows. It was in the championship game, the AFC championship game. NFC, oh, AFC, I can't remember. One, um, which, whichever one that, yeah, whichever one the Patriots in. Yeah, I don't know. Um, it's in the championship game, biggest right. biggest game of the year, basically outside of the Super Bowl, right? Uh, and it just so happens to come up in that game, right? In uh, not some other game, uh, Belichick comes out. He says, "Look, we haven't done anything wrong. Our balls are fine. Our balls are fine. Uh, thanks for asking." You know, Tom Brady comes out, but no. Well, actually, Belichick though he 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 actually had several theories as for like why the right the balls were smaller than normal. Right, <laughs> like like the weather, the cold. It was cold. You know, it was cold and wet. It was cold outside. Who hasn't yeah. you know seen that phenomenon before? <laughs> There's a little bit of a, a streak that goes on with the balls when you take them. It's like a Seinfeld episode, I think. <laughs> when you take them out of the warm environment, right. where they're right. observed by so the cozy. and they bring them out of the cold. I mean, the equipment manager's been working them over, you know. They're all... Anyway, Belichick but had... People said people have said that there's no way that it could have shrunken that quickly. <laughs> I mean, by those ball standards. So, um, so anyway, Brady, Brady comes out and says, you know... No problem. The owner of the Patriots takes the podium. Yes. Uh, before the Super Bowl. Robert Kraft, yes. And says, he goes all out and he says, look, if it comes out that our organization did nothing wrong, the NFL owes us an apology. And one of the things I saw that was pretty interesting was a commentator on ESPN said that Kraft was saying, was basically reminding the NFL who they work for. And that's the owners of... Right. All the teams. Right. Um, so, kind of interesting. And um, I don't know, but the, the one thing that I also read that was kind of weird was they're, like, focusing their investigation on some handler of the balls. <laughs> he's a, that, he's the handler. That disappeared into the bathroom. Right. With, like, there's they a, have, like, video footage of, of him going into the bathroom. For, like, 90 seconds with, with all, all the balls. The balls. <laughs> yeah. All right, here's my stat. I mean, here's my, here's my, st- here's my theory, right? Yeah. Uh, maybe it's one of those uh, ceilings that has like the 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 uh, the ceiling tiles you can push back. You know, okay. Maybe he pulls the shrunken balls down, right, and puts the normal balls up, all right, and then leaves. Because ninety seconds is not long enough to deflate to, like, balls. Deflate, yeah, he yeah. would have to be really. Good. Well, <laughs> He'd have then, to be... then the question is, who put the balls there? Right. I mean, it's this whole elaborate ball, you know, yeah. handling thing, and yeah. Uh, okay, here's my take, Brian. Doesn't matter. 
Now, no, all joking aside, does this matter in sports? Does it matter? I think, I think it's it's all about context, right? Patriots got caught in what was it, two thousand three or four? Videotaping, for videotaping practices, mm-hmm. right? Um, videotaping and, defensive signals, videotaping defensive signals, and then this happens. So it's not like it's their their first rodeo. And that, you know, when they did that too, they're like, oh, we don't know what you're talking about. And then they mm-hmm. got caught like, ah, okay, we may know what you're talking about. Right. Um, this seems a little weird to you. One of the theories is that that this is actually kind of a sting operation that the NFL had known about it for quite a while. And they waited till a, a, a pivotal good, game. A pivotal game to kind of, uh, I don't know, man. It's just all, I just. There's a whole lot of stuff going on here. I mean, on one hand, you have this organization that has proven before that they have broken the rules to gain an advantage. Exactly. So, on one hand, the owner of the Patriots can be upset about it. And on the other hand, it's like, well, um, you know, they've, they've been there and done that before. They've proven... You haven't been a cheater. Right. If they were, you know, if they were squeaky clean and mm-hmm. nothing had ever happened, I don't think anybody would make as big of a deal of it. Sure. The other thing is, football, people are making a huge deal out of this, and football is based around the entire concept of finding the tiniest way. It's like racing, like we talked about racing a few weeks right. ago. The uh, tunnel. It, it's, it's based around the culture of finding any possible tiny edge you can get on your competition, and no matter what that takes... Finding the smallest edge could be the difference between winning and losing. And that that's really what makes a championship team versus a mediocre team is finding a way to have that winning edge. You right. know? And if that is, you know, underinflating the balls that you're throwing around the field, you right. know. Um I don't know. I mean you know, it I think the Patriots are, are masters of you know, well, there's no rule in the handbook that says you can't videotape, right? You know, someone else's play caller, but right. everybody knows that's wrong, right? right? Or there's no rule that says, well, actually, there is a rule. Yeah. It has to be within a certain, right? But I mean, it's one of those rules, probably, that nobody really, apparently, nobody, you know, enforced or even yeah. really thought about, because right. You know, so you're right. They're, they're, they've done, they've shown in the past that they're, you know, Here's- more than willing to. To find that, to go beyond yeah. what most people would call fair and find the edge. Here's what's crazy, is like, if they're not telling the truth, like, if they are telling the truth, then it's all just like a big misunderstanding, right? But if they are, if they're not telling the truth, then they they clearly, like, came up with this, like, they did this on purpose, and they obviously, like, figured out that, okay, if this ever comes up, like, we have to have... You know, be able to like say honestly that we had no idea that this was going on. You know, and so they have this whole thing all worked out. You know what I mean? Like this whole crazy conspiracy, basically. Of like, I know they hired this dude that's like the fall guy. Yeah, and they like said like, okay, here's the thing: if you ever if this ever comes out, you're just gonna have to take the fall for it. You gotta, you gotta eat a cyanide pill. I think it's, I think it's hilarious that this is the, this is the story. I mean. Uh, all things aside, like this Super Bowl should be pretty awesome. It's yeah, like, basically the two best teams actually made it to the mm-hmm. Super Bowl. This right, year, right. Which has been a long time coming. 
Well, and it's Pete Carroll. He used to be right. at the Patriots. Exactly. So there's that whole storyline. and it's all these storylines, but this is the one yeah. that's getting overshadowed. Mm-hmm. Um, What's the theory then? Like, the NFL has an in for the Patriots? or There's tons of theories. Because, I don't know. There's tons of theories. It's really that's embarrassing for the NFL, though. I mean, be, Well, they're, they're good at that. They're good at being embarrassed. Yeah. Recently. Yes. I, I mean, it seems like... I don't know. They're... Uh, it, it's it's been a terrible year for the commissioner. Yeah, there's been all kinds of controversy that they've been involved with. You know, the Adrian Peterson thing. Yeah, Ray the Rice Flate thing. Gate, the Ray Flate Rice. Well, there's, um, well, there's. I feel like there's at least one more. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. There's all. There's. I don't know. I'm ex- I'm actually excited about the game. So it'll be interesting. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad for the storyline to just go away. Because mm-hmm. honestly, in the grand scheme of things. Would a, a two pound difference in the deflation of the inflation of the balls matter on a sh- on the shellacking that they put on Indianapolis, who never had a chance right. from the start? Well, and aren't they both using the same? You have your each own. Has you, their own. You, you have your own balls, Brian. You play with yeah. your own balls. I see. Um, I see. You know, Andrew Luck plays with his balls, right? And um, Tom Brady Tom plays Brady, with his balls, right? They okay. they have they have they have them how they like them, mm-hmm. and. Uh, you know, okay. That's uh. So I see. So yeah, yeah that could mm-hmm. uh, that could. I, yeah, I could see how that'd be a problem. But you're right. I mean, if this has been going on for however long, it's not like I don't know, Brian. Okay. All I know is is no, that no consensus. I, I'm not a fan of cheaters. All right. That's right. And I don't like people who are trying to get an edge. I just feel bad that you know these these Patriots balls have just been in the media so much. It's yeah. just been really. Um, okay, Glenn. Well, uh, speaking of the Super Bowl, yes, it's time for the uh, question from the gentleman mailbag okay. this week. Okay, and uh, this question from the gentleman mailbag this week was a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, it just says Super Bowl. That's all it said. Thoughts. That's all it said. Basically, Super Bowl thoughts. Yeah. Huh. Well, it's Super Bowl week. It's on everybody's mind. Uh, once you get past the the uh, Deflate Gate, uh, right. Super hmm. Bowl weekend. You know what? What? Uh, what are your thoughts? Well, on Super I'll Bowl tell you this what, year, Brian. Man? I tell you what, Super Bowl for me. I love the Super Bowl. The commercials are okay. Mm-hmm. I think they used to be a lot cooler. I think now they're just kind of. Hmm. Yeah, it's really gotten out of control with that thing. Right. Like, you know. So I'm not really. I'm not really in it for the, the commercials. Uh, I typically like to go and watch a game. You know, I like watching football. Yeah. And you know that should be. I mean, there have been so many years recently that I can think of where the games haven't been good. Mm-hmm. They've just been blowouts or they're. Yeah. Like one team is really good, and the other one's like, "Oh, hey, we got in here somehow," and, yeah. and then the other good team just destroys them. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm generalizing here; that may have not have happened at all, but it just seems in my head that's how it's going. Right. Uh, but this year has the makings for a pretty awesome Super Bowl, right? Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. I love Super Bowl. I think it's uh, American. It is American. It's, yeah. it's right up there with apple pie and. Obsidian stout, obsidian, obsidian, obsidian stout, and Venetian stew. Venetian stew. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I, I'll, I'll probably watch this. I'll probably watch the Super Bowl. Probably. Yeah. I just. Right. I, when I was in college, I, I'd go to Super Bowl parties and stuff like that. You know, and I mean, it's fun. You, it's a good, good reason to. Drink some beers and yep. have some food and yeah. watch some crazy commercials and mm-hmm. hopefully watch a good football game. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, like, unless your team is in the Super Bowl, 
It's I, hard to really care. That's you know true. I mean? Yeah. Like I, you, no skin in the game. Yeah, it's like you have to... You, it's almost like you want to be rooting for one side or the other. Right. So I guess the only solution to that is to make a bet on one uh, of the teams. You know what I mean? Uh, I would think about this. Like, you know, a Super Bowl, I really don't care. But how could I manufacture myself to really care? Mm-hmm. Um, and so my thought was, well, just bet a significant amount of money on one side or the other. Oh. I mean... Fake money, like Monopoly money, oh, like gentleman okay. money. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, not real money. I would never, like, bet on a sporting event because that would be illegal in Kansas. Oh, okay. Um, but if you were to do that... You'd have to find a bookie. Well, no. that uh, Not if you were doing it in imaginary sense. An imaginary know? bookie? Yeah, an imaginary, yes. An imaginary, okay. but like a virtual bookie, per se. Like or something like that. One that lived outside of America? No, like uh, like a not a real bookie. Oh, like one online? No. no oh, no, no, okay. No. no, 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 no. Just yeah, just an ima- just like a, okay. not a real, okay. All right. not well, a real person, anyway, right? Not somebody that you actually have contact with a person, right? Bookie. Anyway, oh. the point is, Glenn, if you if you laid some money down mm-hmm. on one of the teams, mm-hmm. then in fact you would very much care who yep. won that game. Possibly more so than if it was your home team. Hmm. So Brian, let's say, let's say you did, you know, man, you know, decide to manufacture some carrying for the Super yeah, Bowl by yeah, exactly putting some good old mm-hmm. American cashola on the right. imaginary cashola on the right. line. Mm-hmm. Which team would you pick? What is the line right now? The line is. I have no idea, Glenn. Okay. I don't know what the line is. Um, I think it's, it's the Patriots by a little bit. It's hard for me to say because I haven't I haven't watched the Seahawks play this year at all. I've seen the Patriots play, mm-hmm. seen them play in years past. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a lot of the the kind of same old same old um, Seahawks. I don't I'm not familiar enough with them to make a call. But I will say that I remember um, the first Super Bowl that the Patriots won under Belichick with Brady. With Brady, huge underdog got hurt. Yeah. Isn't that the season? That was the same season. Okay. Yeah, Bledsoe got hurt. It was Brady's first season. Mm-hmm. And I was in a, um office pool mm-hmm. for that. And I bet on the Patriots, which were heavily not favored to nice. not even make the Super Bowl, but then to win it. I had now, put- you didn't bet money. You bet uh, something else, right? Yeah, like basically, yeah. Tomatoes. Right, or- exactly. exactly. Um, okay. Uh, but anyway, so I, I bet heavily on Tom mm-hmm. Brady and the Patriots because I had seen them play one game that year. Right. And Tom Brady was so impressive in that game when he was subbing for Drew Butts, though, yeah. that I thought that he would be able to to win the, the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And it turned out that he did. Wow. Um, but I, I would bet against him. I, I would go Seahawks. Um, I, think that, I think that Seahawks are, you know, Patriots have had their time. Tom Brady's getting a little bit long in the tooth. Belichick's got this. They've, got, they've had this big distraction this whole time. I think that the Seahawks have been uh, down to business. They're, they're, they're getting ready to go. I think that they're, they're going to be ready for it. So if I was going to lay money down on it today, I would, do, I would go Seahawks. I would go on the Seahawks side. Yeah, it's a tough one. I, mm-hmm. I mean, I really think either team could win. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're right. You know, you got the Patriots over there, you know. Tom Brady's balls have shrunk some. Yeah. Um, but that's how I like him, apparently. Yeah. Um, yeah. If I, he I, has the bigger balls in the Super Bowl, will he be able to win? 
It's hard to say, right? Because they can't have the undersized balls. No, they know? will not. Those, those no. things will be like under heavy security. Yep. You know, that's. <laughs> it's such a stupid thing. If you know, I mean, really, like it really is. I, I mean, it, it is cheating. You I know, think, I get it. I, but I think somebody was saying that it, the texture matters more than the right the size. It's like a pitcher in a baseball. Yeah. Right. That's the way I've heard it described. Like you want to be able to get a get a hold of the thing. Yeah. You know, yes, and uh, you know, right? Yeah. So the size of it, (laughs) it's it's really about the texture of them, right? Right. Well, anyway, um, but I also think you know the the Patriots as a team are probably going to be a little pissed off, right? Mm -hmm. They're going to be a little angry, you know. Yeah. Tom Brady, balls Mm -hmm. in the tabloids everywhere. It's hard to pick against Tom Brady. I mean, he the guy just flat out wins. Um, he does. He's like, this will be his. This will be he and Belichick's fourth Super Bowl if a, they win. I mean, fourth Super Bowl win. It's a it's a crazy anomaly. I mean, uh, you know, what fourth round draft pick or fifth round right. draft pick or something that turns into uh, the best QB right. in the modern NFL era. Mary supermodels. You mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, Glenn, I, I don't know. So what, what's your pick on the Super Bowl? You know what? Just to be, just to throw up a little variety here, I'll go Patriots. You go Patriots. I'll go Patriots mm-hmm. by the slimmest of margins. Yeah, it should um, be a good game. It should be good. I, I don't. I mean, I haven't followed the Seahawks very closely. I haven't, I haven't really followed the Patriots, but I mean, I just right. know because you see more about the Patriots throughout the year because they're, you know, yeah, they're, they're the Patriots. Yeah. Well, here's my thing, Brian. If Seahawks win, then by proxy, the Chiefs are really the Super Bowl champions. Actually. No matter which team wins, the Chiefs beat both the Seahawks and the Patriots this year. Yeah. So, no matter which way you slice it, yeah. Chiefs are Super Bowl champs. <laughs> I see. I'm taking it. Yeah. I mean, what a great season. Yeah. So. Super Bowl champs, yeah, didn't make the playoffs. So. You know, you, you don't have to. That's I mean, true. That's let's true. let their, their record speak for everything. They right. beat the Super Bowl champs. Right. So Either way. Either way. Either way, the Chiefs win, huh? When you're a Chiefs fan, you got to look at things like that. Okay, I see. Okay, Glenn. Well, um, we'll we'll find out what happens next next episode. We'll know for sure. Yeah, we will. Um, I, I I'm 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 looking forward to it. We'll see. We'll the see dust will have settled. Yeah, maybe Deflate Gate will be over by then. I don't know. Yeah. You know, and the other thing too that we didn't bring up is that you have polar opposites playing each other as well. Yeah. The, the the Patriots are like this tight lipped mm-hmm. organization, all the ducks in a row. Yeah. Nobody says anything. Pete Carroll's like the gunslinger, the like, gunslinger, and, yeah. and his players are loud and cocky, yeah. and they just spout everything off. Right? And, you know, they just it's like it's like when worlds are colliding here. Yeah. It's it'll yeah. be great. Okay. I'm really looking forward to it. Okay. Yeah, it should be good. I'll check it out for sure. I know it will. You know, it's like I don't have any skin in the game, but you sure. Know. Yeah. Sure. Except for the the skin. The cheddar that I put on the, <laughs> the cheddar in the game. Uh, okay, Glenn, speaking of cheddar. Um, well, it's time for uh, the end of the episode, Glenn. That That's was right. the uh, episode number 44. Oh, man. 4-4. Four, four. What, what would Jack Burton say? About episode 44? Yeah. He'd say, uh, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Jack Burton is... The main character in Big Trouble Little China. That's right. If you haven't seen the movie yet, if mm-hmm. you've been living under the rock for the past almost 30 years... Go out and see Big Trouble Little China. Oh, man. Great movie. It'll change your life. It will. Change mine. What What couldn't be solved if we had 
world leaders sitting in a room and just said, look, you guys, we're not going to haggle over economic issues, oil prices, you know, mm-hmm. war, you know, any of this stuff. We're going to sit down and we're all together. Just going to watch Big Trouble Little China. Going to watch Big Trouble Little China. All right. We can all agree. I think a lot of problems. I think at the end of the day, everybody would brings kinda, everybody together. Exactly. Yeah, it's true. We want to thank uh, Deschutes Brewery mm-hmm. with their beautiful obsidian stout. That's true. It's true. It's um, it's like a, it's like drinking a sandwich. It's very robust. Yeah, it is robust, but smooth at the same time. Yeah, it's true. Much uh, like the Gentleman Podcast. <laughs> exactly. Oh, it's Brian. very robust but smooth. Well, I don't know. Ish. Yeah. Yeah. That's how we like to think of it anyway. That's right. Very smooth. Okay, Glenn. Well, uh, on that note, that was episode 44. Yep. Uh, of course, we're looking forward to episode 45. Yeah. Um, thanks, everybody out there that's listened to at least one episode. Right. Hopefully, not this one. I don't know. Sorry. Yeah. If that's the case, then apologies. We'll write things for the next one. Yeah. 45 next, is going to be 45 is going to be good. Because it, it's number 45. It's a big milestone. Mm-hmm. We've got to get pumped up for that one. That's right. Um, okay, Glenn. Well, let's uh, let's look forward to next week. <clears throat> it's hard. Indian's always hard. It is. Yeah. <laughs> Later. <laughs> I'm trying to think of the uh, a good Jack Burton line. I know. I was trying. Uh, okay, Glenn. Mm. Looking forward to episode forty-five. Yes, as we always do. Um, I'm Brian McKinney. I'm Glenn Sansbury. See you guys next time for episode forty-five. Drive safely. Holy crap, Glenn. We didn't do the normal introduction. I was I, I went right oh, by it, so Man. Maybe I could like edit it back. I could like re like put it at the beginning when I like you know what I mean? Like I I, I it's it okay, Glenn. The, the reality of the situation is with the podcast, I have like a time machine. Okay. I can chop and move around time. Okay. Like you're you like know. a time lord. You're like a Doctor Who. Yeah, basically. Okay. Yeah. So we could we could do the intro now and it mm. could actually appear previous to mm. us. Talking okay. about it in the episode. Okay. One, two, three. Wait, no, no, we, can't, we never count it off. No, we just. Hot button topic. Okay, that was good.